Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 195. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director at Tech Target, and I am here with Security News Writer Alex Kalafi. Alex, welcome. Thanks, Rob. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We are here to discuss a, a, a topic of the moment, something that we've been sort of waiting to uh, get into for a little bit as things have unfolded, but we are here to discuss Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter security, Twitter goings-on, post uh, the big acquisition. I'm sure everybody knows at this point that uh, Elon Musk acquired Twitter last month. We're recording this on November 29th uh, on a nice sunny Tuesday. The acquisition was for $44 billion, little over a month ago. Elon Musk is now the new owner of Twitter. It is, it's gone through a lot of changes. Uh, and we'll just set the stage real quick before we get into why this has uh, security implications for the company, for its users, and big picture what it means for uh, the company and Elon Musk. But there have been a lot of layoffs, Alex. Mm-hmm. A lot of layoffs. Uh, I believe the most recent number is 3,700 employees have been have been laid off. That is more than half of its headcount prior to the acquisition. It was a little over 5,000. Uh, I believe you said the current uh, headcount at the company is now around, would you say, 2,300? I think it was 2100, but it's it's very complicated to say because that 3700 is based on those layoffs that happened like the same week it happened. I was yes. I was at the the Honeywell event in Orlando, I remember That's, when that happened. Yep. And and then but if you remember after that there was Musk giving like his ultimatums like are you willing to work long hours? <laughs> you better fill out this Google form or you're going to or you don't have a job anymore and then a lot of people quit. And so I saw an article on Yahoo that said about 2,100 or 2,300, you're right, mm-hmm. 2,300 could be less than that by this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard to say, but it's way less than it once was. That's a it guarantee. Is, it is hard to say because there were reports, uh, various reports that you know I, I would put a lot of weight in at this point because multiple outlets um, were reporting the same thing that. Uh, some people had been laid off errantly, like by accident, and they were trying to get them back uh, a day or two later. And there were some people, I guess, maybe they that that they that they laid off, uh, or people that resigned that they realized, oh, we really need these people <laughs> badly. We need to get them back. <laughs> Regardless, uh, major upheaval at the company. Um, we're not really going to get into what this means for the uh, user experience for Twitter, which is also <laughs> kind of going uh, in a in an interesting direction. But in terms of security, there have been a couple things that have happened recently that obviously I, some directly, some indirectly impact the company, and are, uh, they're going to need to address at some point if they haven't already. Uh, the first of which, Alex, you just wrote about yesterday on Monday, uh, another data breach at this company. Mm-hmm. 
that affects well we don't we don't really know how many people it affects i think um it but it could be a lot the 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 researcher in question who discovered it i believe called it massive yeah, uh, <laughs> security researcher, citizen journalist, former co-founder, Chad Loader, who, who seems to have worn a lot of hats uh, mm-hmm. in their time. Um, they basically said that they had received information about a massive breach that is distinct from the breach that Twitter disclosed in August, but maybe a similar vulnerability is, is what Loader was guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this breach involves millions of users in Europe and the United States. The estimate Loader gave was tens of millions to potentially a hundred million. And it seems like it involves uh, the phone call. Um, but anyways, the it was a, data set that loader Mm. obtained that included phone numbers twitter verification status account names and bios for tens of millions of of users including celebrities public figures politicians government agencies um yeah so it seems like it's bad not uh equifax bad but bad uh significant enough yes yeah it was the if I have this correct, the discoverability settings for uh, Twitter, there's a, an option, yes. let others find you by your phone number, which I, I'll be honest, we've written about Twitter and Twitter security, and I use Twitter. Um, I'm not I'm not what I would call a heavy user. I didn't know that was a thing that you could just punch in someone's phone number that's associated with their account and find them, but apparently you can do that. Um, so there's this I, let others find you by your phone function. I, I think it's the kind of thing that a lot of apps have, like TikTok has it, where you don't type in a phone number, but it'll say from your contacts uh, and it'll uh, pull people up. So, no, it's Fantastic. it's still awesome. Don't don't worry, Rob. It's actually cool. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. So so Chad, uh, Chad Loader uh, uh, disclosed this on twitter i believe it was on the 23rd so and and shortly after he was suspended now we, we don't know why he was suspended uh it's it's not clear that it was because of go because he went public with this particular uh data breach or alleged data breach um he had been i believe suspended a couple days earlier because some, and this is getting into an area I don't really want to spend a lot of time on, but we should just mention that Chad is uh, an avid, uh, politically active anti-fascist, I believe. Um, yeah, I think that's accurate. anarchist, far yeah. leftist, it's kind yeah. of the vibe. Sure, sure. Um, and he has been targeted by many um, far right-wing um, folks on Twitter trying to get him banned i guess from twitter and there was an attempt to get him suspended he was suspended a few days prior to his latest suspension and then he returned it's it's not really clear to me what what is going on there why he was suspended and then brought back and then suspended again we have gotten we should say we've got no response from twitter uh pr corporate communications um 
So it's unclear. Uh, but it's also worth mentioning that I believe some people, at, le at the very least, bleeping computer, the, uh, the, the cybersecurity uh, news outlet, uh, got a sample of the data and was able to confirm that the phone numbers that they received in that sample are, in fact, legit. So this mm -hmm. looks to be the real thing. Yeah. Not great. Mm -hmm. And as you said, this is a different, this is, this is as, as Loader contended in his tweets and on his Mastodon account, because he's currently uh, suspended on Twitter. The, <laughs> this is different than the one that Twitter uh, disclosed back in August, which was a result of a, a vulnerability that allowed um, people to just go in and sort of uh, extract data. And Twitter disclosed that, what was that? That was August. I don't remember what day, early August, I believe. Um, and some threat actors got some data and they wanted people to pay for it. But then just recently, over the last few days, just said, we're going to post it on a hacking forum for free. So I guess nobody wanted to pay for it. Um, I don't know. Maybe the reason nobody wanted to pay for it was because other people jumped in on that vulnerability earlier this year and also took the data. I don't know. So I don't know how valuable that personal data was or how many different people had it or, or what, but it seems like an issue. It seems yeah. like an issue that they are going to need to um, at least be aware of and maybe warn use because if the phone numbers are out there, you know, you could potentially start getting into um, phishing attacks via text um, on these phones, pretend to be Twitter, pretend to be, I, I don't know, pretend to be two-factor authentication notifications um, and uh, get access to someone's device. Who knows? Uh, so not great. And we, we, we still, do I have this right, Alex? We still have not heard from Twitter. Um, um, yeah, uh, so <laughs> one of our colleagues, uh, Jackie Biscoving, uh, sent me a link to an article that I think may have been from Axios, where yeah. it was basically saying that Twitter's comms department, uh, doesn't exist really anymore. Oh, man. Um, yeah. I, I've requested comments from them multiple times with, with the line of contact that I, I am aware of that that exists or existed. No one yep. has responded, yeah. um, and it's it's part of the con of a concerning personnel and services shift within the company since since Musk, let's say, took office at, at Twitter, right? Because there was the in addition to this breach, which isn't related to Musk, mm -hmm. um, you have their CISO. Leah Kissner leaving mm -hmm. in mid-November, who had only been appointed in January. Uh, and I, or I'm pretty sure around January, according to what I saw on Google, they decided to leave. And then um, we don't know if a, if a new CISO is there. And then Musk decided to uh, get rid of various quote unquote bloatware microservices. Mm. One of them being part of their sort of SMS authentication, two factor authentication, 
we we sort think we, it, that's unconfirmed, but we think okay, that, yeah, we, the uh, uh, most people very very educated speculation yes. on researcher pa- it, researchers parts. Right, it's a very it's a big coincidence that that the same day that they're turning off all these microservices and quote unquote bloatware, the you know they start having two FA disruptions. <laughs> yep, and that 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 seemed to have returned after about a day, but then you stack that on top of like all the layoffs. You, uh, you stack that on top of the uh, whistleblower stuff a few months ago. Oh you yeah, stack that on top of the previous breach. You even stack that on top of Twitter getting hacked two years ago. And in fact, you stack that on the fact that uh, I've been a Twitter user for a while, as I'm sure you've been and a lot of others have been. Their communication and operation did not run like butter before any of this happened. (laughs) So I... I, And and you you put all of this together, and and I hope I'm not jumping ahead somewhere. Okay. And you put all this together, and then you think about the fact that a lot of data breaches happen and a lot of ransomware attacks are executed. It may be after initial access, but are executed on holiday weekends, on Fridays, on Saturdays, when there aren't a ton of personnel in the office. And that is Twitter's operating state right now, where they have a lot of very valuable data. There is a lot of money tied up in them, even if they're like in very deep debt at the moment. And I think it creates one of the main things we wanted to talk about today, which is that you hope that there's no cyber attack, but there is a part of me and I think a part of you that's wondering when the other shoe's going to drop, when there's an enormous breach that Twitter isn't capable of, and whether uh, some sort of sophisticated threat actor is just sitting in their uh, environment as we speak. Well, I mean, the, to the threat actor angle, I mean, you you brought up the FTC uh, whistle uh, FTC related whistleblower report from from Mudge Peter Mudge Zotko, um, mm-hmm. well known hacker, formerly Twitter's head of security. Uh, back in August, he he came forward and said Twitter's a mess, basically. And they their their enterprise security posture is 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 chaotic and insufficient and you know I'm putting words in his mouth I'm just trying to describe what was in the report but it it it's not working and its internal policies are likely in violation of the FTC settlement that the company in uh, entered into back in I want to say 2011 I believe the breach that got them in hot water initially was way back in 2009. So early, early days of, of Twitter, but regardless, they're, they're under an FTC uh, uh, consent order, a, a settlement that basically says that they have to do certain things to ensure that users, private data is protected. And Mudge came forward and said, well, they're not doing that. And this is before Musk. This is before the layoffs massive layoffs before you lost your CISO, before you lost your head of compliance, before you lost your chief privacy officer. Um, 
And to your point about a threat actor just being in the environment, one of the things that came out in that report that I, we didn't spend a lot of time on because I, I think we may have discussed it back in um, the, the, the risk and repeat episode about Mudge's report. But, you know, there was, there was discussions uh, or, or allegations in that whistleblower report that there were agents of foreign governments acting as Twitter employees. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> just hanging out at the company and that, that Twitter apparently knew this or suspected it, and, but didn't really do anything. So like, you know, however you want to define threat actor, there could be people working at the company. There could be um, outside threat actors that have gotten access to Twitter and are just, I don't know, sitting on that data, sitting on people's DMS, who knows? Um, the FTC thing, though, we got to talk about this for a minute before we get into the big picture. Um, Elon Musk hates the FTC. He hates yeah. the FTC. He hates the SEC. He does not like these people. He's very defiant of these regulatory bodies. Um, and it seems like there are a lot of people that feel this is coming to... Um, uh, I don't know, climax, some type of showdown between the FTC and Musk. Uh, that that there's not much interest being put into following the FTC's order to maintain a certain bar of cybersecurity that he's not really taking it seriously. Again, this is, these are all various reports from different news outlets. Um, it's unclear whether or not those are true, but they certainly match up with some of the uh, public rhetoric and public tweets from uh, Musk of late. And it's just, that could get them, that could get him in some hot water. He's taking a very cavalier attitude toward um, the FTC's authority in this matter. And Alex, we just saw somebody was convicted of, of a crime. Somebody is probably going to jail. And on the somebody I'm talking about is Joe Sullivan, former CSO of, of Uber, who was um, recently convicted for uh, covering up a data breach at Uber mm-hmm. that was in violation of uh, the FTC consent order that Uber was under. So, I don't know. This is not a good situation. Uh, it, it feels like, and I'm not the only person saying this. We're not the only people saying. It. Many people are saying this. Many former CISOs, many former, uh, for, uh, sorry, current cybersecurity experts are saying. You know, Musk and, and Twitter need to take this seriously, very seriously, right now, because otherwise there could be not just fines. And, and, you know, sort of compliance action. There could be criminal penalties. Um, but it and doesn't... The fines, speak... the fines could be massive too, right? Like yeah. it's the, the Cambridge Analytica stuff with Facebook. The oh reason God. their fine was so massive was because of an FTC order, right? Right. Yeah, so and it's just... Yeah. It's just... It, it's, it doesn't seem like... They're taking it very, or he's taking it very seriously. Uh, again, we could be wrong, but since it's hard to get any type of information out of Twitter at the moment, um, 
We don't know. And if you have, I, I guess this, this goes to the big picture question about Twitter's current state and the current enterprise security team, which we don't know who's running it. We don't know how many people are left there. But I don't know, Alex, if you, if you were a CISO somewhere or a former CISO and you got a phone call from Elon Musk saying, hey, I'd like you to come in and run this department. Like you to come in and be the head of security at Twitter. I don't know. What would your reaction be at this point? Um, I'm too talented to like put myself in this much personal and legal risk. <laughs> yeah. That not not that I would be like a talented, but I'm saying thinking of sure. someone who is the CISO of Twitter yeah. and has a direct line of contact with uh billionaire eccentric elon musk i feel like i would have the confidence in my own abilities in this theoretical situation to decide why is this worth it you know you could just make six figures somewhere else doing the exact same thing with way less risk (laughs) i guess if it were me i'd be thinking about like what kind of uphill battle am I looking at right now? You know, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've got reduced staff. I can't imagine that morale is great across the board. Maybe it's better in certain areas than others, but you're looking at a, a pretty daunting task. You've got to go into this company. You have to do a, a, a top-down review of the posture and the people that you're working with. You've got to figure out if you can trust these people, if they're good at their jobs, and then start fixing the security posture piece by piece in a way that doesn't get you fired, doesn't get you called into the CEO's office for you know whatever microservices bloatware getting in the way of rolling out whatever verification feature they've cooked up. I mean... Like, take the legal liability out of it for a second. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem like it's, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like it's worth the headaches. Then again, I guess there could be a scenario in which somebody out there goes into Twitter and just knocks it out of the park and makes a name for themselves as, as being the person God, being the guy or girl who go, who went into Twitter and cleaned it up and got them on the right path and fixed the security posture in such a way. And there's no, no postures perfect. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that need to be addressed at Twitter. But, you know, person that went in there, you know, new sheriff in town and, and you know, cleaned up Dodge City to use a, you know, a, old reference that I'm not sure many people, Wyatt Earp, (laughs) Tombstone. Mm -mm. Oh God, Alex, you got to see Tombstone. Anyway, (laughs) the point is, I think there may be somebody out there like that, um, but Musk has to find that person. Uh, Whether it's internal or external, they, they need, they need a, they need a hero. I, um, I would agree with you, except 
I'm thinking about Musk's personality. Yeah. And I'm thinking about what I read from those um those Trump books by um journalist everyone knows um, Maggie Haberman. Watergate. No, Watergate. Oh, guy. oh, oh, oh. Sure, the other big reporter, um Bob Woodward. Bob Woodward, the Bob Woodward books. The Watergate guy. (laughs) LOL. Yeah. (laughs) Richard Nixon wrote a book? Yes. (laughs) No. Uh, And one of the critical flaws of Trump, above his ego, above everything else, this book posits, obviously it's only one journalist account, is that he had all these people, but he didn't even listen to them, right? Was sort of the thing. So it's, you can hire the super CISO you can hire the person with the courage and wherewithal the unicorn who can make it happen. But if Trump, uh, excuse me, if Elon Musk exists in his own head and is just going to do what his ego tells him is right, it doesn't matter. in, Mm -hmm. in at least my viewpoint, how talented this one person is. If the, if, their boss won't get out of the way. Yeah. That's it. That's, I don't know. I just, I think we do need to spend a quick minute before we sort of wrap up here. Um, I know that Musk is widely respected by a lot of people and that, that respect in a lot of air, a lot of uh, sectors or, or, or communities might've waned a little bit um, over the last uh, month plus with his behavior, but I just don't know how some of the, the tech and infosec people out there who think very highly of this guy or thought very highly of this guy can continue to sort of um, defend or overlook his behavior of late, because like as a, as a leader, as a CEO, which is, uh, you know, I mean, he's essentially operating as the CEO. You can't just be like, here's a, here's a, 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 a Google doc. Here's a memo. And unless you are willing to be hardcore and, and, and spend 20 hour days and sleep at the office um, and show up every day, you know, no more remote work. Um, then can I'll consider this your, your, you know, your resignation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's just poor management. To, I mean, that, yeah. that's putting lightly. There are people that may be working remotely and have children and they, now they need to find daycare, childcare. Uh, they may be living in an area where it's not feasible to get to the office uh, on, on whatever timetable they need to, to be there on. Um, I understand that probably working from home has gotten a little out of control over the last couple of years, but just snapping your fingers and saying, we're going back to the way it used to be. And if you don't adhere to this starting now, you're out. I mean, I just, I, I don't, I don't know how any employee can just sit there and be like, well, he's right. And, and, and you know, that this, uh, nothing, nope, no problem here. I mean, that just seems like, um, like I said, extremely poor management. I don't know how any department or any group of employees, let alone the enterprise security team, which is under enormous stress and pressure, um, 
can can just sit there and maintain morale at a level where they're going to get things. I mean, they can get things done, but like where they're going to be doing their best. I just don't, I can't envision a situation where that's happening. And if, if, if you know that that's the effect that you're having as the, as the owner and leader of the company, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know how, how you don't recognize that and, 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 address it in a way that is going to get everybody on the same page. That's going to make Twitter an attractive place to work for any employee, uh, but especially enterprise security personnel. Um, it, it's just putting them in a, in a, in a, a enormous disadvantage, enormous. Which is, is one of those things that will could almost certainly result in negative security outcomes uh, like <laughs> yeah, maybe and- we don't we don't talk about morale every day or uh some of this other stuff um or management necessarily as one of the direct causes of cyber attacks not that yeah. it's new information but it is one of those yeah. things that's interesting to think about where like even if you ignore the headcount and you say 2,100 people's enough or, or whatever it is at this point, um, and you say that there are still people who believe in, in him, there are, let's say, employees who are here maybe on some kind of visa that are just sort of, that aren't going to leave Twitter realistically unless mm-hmm. push came to shove. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that can't be good from a security perspective long term no and you you said outcomes and that's the i think that's the right word here you're not talking you know this isn't necessarily going to result in another breach it's not necessarily going to result in a ransomware attack that takes down the the platform it's not necessarily going to result in another ftc judgment or somebody going to jail but like just think of all the outcomes that are, are, are contingent on the company's security posture and all of, of the different things that could go wrong. The bad outcomes here are just like, I, I mean, they just feel like they're endless right now. And I don't know, like if you're, if you're a security professional out there and you're, you know, you're a big musk guy, I don't know how you can't look at this and say, man, this guy is, He's going about it all wrong. He's making things potentially worse. So I I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who they're going to get to come in there and fix things. If they haven't, maybe they've gotten, you know, new people already in there. Who knows? Um, I think they just have an enormous challenge. And I think, like I said, the bad outcomes, man, they're just, they're looming large, those bad outcomes. Um. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll hopefully see nothing happens, right? Uh, hopefully, hopefully nothing. I mean, all listen. Good. I I just you know quick shout out to Mastodon. I think it's pretty good. I I like the Infosec Exchange server. I think it's um it's a good community, good user experience so far. Um, but I like Twitter. I don't want Twitter to go away. I don't want Twitter to become a a a, a hell pit. I don't want my data being stolen i don't i don't want to fall victim to a twitter 2fa text <laughs> that's actually a phishing attack i mean there's just i i don't want to see that happen um um i want twitter make 
Twitter great again, Elon. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. And it, <laughs> it's a poor joke. Um, but no, I'm serious. I, I want Twitter to su- succeed. I, I don't want it to go away. Um, so, you know, rooting for all the folks over there to get back on track. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I'm sure this yep. is this is just the first of many updates that we'll be doing on this uh, situation because it's going to take some time to really figure things out and settle down over there. But so we'll see. Yep. Uh, definitely a weird, messy situation. Um, yeah. Perfect for potting, yeah. right? Perfect for potting. Well, probably Alex, not the last one. Probably no. not the last one. It's definitely not the last one. What are you crazy? Uh, but Alex, I appreciate you taking the time to discuss the uh, Twitter security on this this first podcast. Probably the first of many or several. Uh, I appreciate the time. Thanks, Rob. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Tech Target Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.